0: You will have heard of John Coleman, but what do you know of Coleman? The Essendon full forward regarded by many of his time as the greatest player ever. Here's a taste of just how good he was. He kicked 537 goals from just 98 games. Tony Lockett, the man who has kicked more goals than anyone else in the game's history, kicked 371 goals from his first 98 games. That's a difference of 166. Coleman kicked 12 goals in his first game and 100 in his first year at 20 years of age. He kicked six goals in the grand final win that year and also won the club's best and fairest award at 20. He played in two premiership teams and later coached Essendon to two flags all by the time he was 36 and he was dead at 44. Just as we revere Sir Donald Bradman, we should hold Coleman in similar esteem, a phenomenon of Australian sport. The AFL struck a medal in his honour to acknowledge the leading goal kicker in the game each year. Matthew Lloyd kicked almost 1,000 goals for the Bombers and was the club's leading goal kicker 12 times, yet no-one dares compare him to Coleman.
1: So, Lordy, how many Coleman's for you? Uh, three Coleman medals for me, Mike, uh, 2000, 2001 and 2003. I thought I was a laydown, was there for number four. Back in uh, 2004, I was 12 goals clear with about four rounds to go. And uh, I remember you wrote an article about me <laughs> and you said you know, immortality he's heading for and all these nice things about me. <laughs> I got dragged down by the current Carlton coach, David Teague, smashed down on my shoulder, was finished for the day, finished for the next week. And the big G train kicked 10 goals the next week. So I lost by one and uh, never got nearer to get after that, Mike. What did you know about Coleman? I knew nothing about uh, John Coleman uh, when I first walked through the doors. um, And Kevin Sheedy said to me, take a walk around the Hall of Fame when he first drafted me. And he said, I'm gonna ask you some questions in a few weeks' time, and one of them will be about the great John Coleman. So um, I, I learnt pretty quickly about John. I'd have people, you know, Essence supporters, come up to me once I started to go okay and say, it's great to have an old full forward back because it brings back back a few memories of John Coleman. So that, that was really nice to hear. And then I started to want to learn more about John Coleman then. But your father played. Did he ever re- no, reference Coleman no, to you? No, never, never spoke about mm. John Coleman at all. Mm. So it, it wasn't until I started walking through the Hall of Fame, watching the clips of him you know, setting himself for marks, you know, hearing about the fans wanting to change ends to, yeah. to follow John Coleman. And then his coaching career, you know, just the, the hearing about the motivator, what a motivator he was. I mean, I'm good mates with Alec Eppis and he also spoke about the day that they went to play a practice game in Western Australia and uh, they said to him, what's your thoughts on Alec Eppis? And Coleman said he's not as good as he thinks he is. <laughs> and uh, so he just wanted to play with Alec because Alec was getting ahead of himself. So just uh, great to hear about you know, what he was like on and off the field. Yeah.
0: You know, old players come back to the rooms and, and and you meet them. Did you remember meeting anyone who played with Coleman
1: and, and, and them referencing him? As I said, I just... Um, everyone, you know, that, that, yeah, through the history of the game, were just Coleman and they just, yeah. just blurted out whether you played with him or you didn't. Uh, it was just a name synonymous with the game, let alone the Essendon Footy Club. And I also learned that he had a bit of a temper too, so mm. uh, he, you know, he wasn't going to deal with just you know, the full-backs back in those days. Can only imagine what they did to him through that time and, you know, he kicks 12 on debut, um, yeah. and kicks his 100 in, on grand final day, and just the way his ability to change games, you know, drop kicks, drop punts, you yeah. name it, he could do it all. So I wish I got to see him play myself.
0: Jonathan Brown won the Coleman Medal in 2007. 77 goals that year. They awarded after round 11, <laughs> did
2: they? <laughs> How lethal said that to me after the last go. Did he? He goes, oh geez, well, a number for a Coleman. <laughs> the lethal, I'll send out forward, mate. You're always into me about getting outside fifties, and you won one, correct? I won one. Why? Mm. Oh, <laughs> you you sound like oh, Dunstan won about eight. Mate, I was just sent half forward. Okay. How many carry win? Good point. Good point. He won a bit more, than a few other things though. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, when but, but I, I, you don't set out for those things though, so they're nice. It's nice to be able to win them. But when when you actually you win one and, and you get presented with it, and especially a name as significant as John Coleman it means a lot, and it's something to look back on. and um, So I was very proud, I was very proud. The modern player group, from where I sit, doesn't seem to have a great sense of history. Do you agree with that? T- times are changing, but I was a kid growing up in the country and all you want to do was play footy. My dad played footy, so growing up watching, I think it was the sensational 70s and the electrifying mm. 80s on the, the old tape player and all the great grand finals of the 80s, so was, I loved the history of VFL as it was back then. I realised the significance of it and I realised the significance of John Coleman kicking 12 goals in his first game and no greater understanding of that, how big that was. And mm. After my first game when I had zero kicks, <laughs> zero handballs and zero marks, Mike, Now that's true,
0: is it? You didn't touch the ball in your first game. I didn't
2: touch it. I got a tackle. Well, he had 12, <laughs> as you said.
0: 12 goals in his first uh, game. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. And bro. that same year, kicked six in the grand final
2: when they won the flag. How old was he? He was 20 then and won the best and fairest. Yeah. Could you imagine if that happened now? Well, we talk about Sam Walsh's first year, and well, we look back to Juddie's first year um, uh, back in the early 2000s, and I just can't imagine a young no. umpire coming and <laughs> doing that in his first season. Yeah, what a name, what a name. You won your Coleman in 2007.
0: I heard the story that you were so moved that you, you uh, sought Coleman's daughter, Jenny,
2: to, uh, to tell her about how proud you were, is that, is that true? I, I did, yeah. I, I rang the a footy club when they were still based at Windy Hill, and uh, they gave me Jenny's number. And I go recall work one day. And what did she believe it was you? Well, she didn't believe it at first, but she could probably tell by the husk <laughs> in the voice. But uh, we had a nice chat, and uh, what did you say to her? I just said, you know, it's a uh, it's. It means a lot for me to win win the medal with your your dad's name on it and um, I realised the significance of your father and his impact on the game and his significance in the history of our game and I just thought it'd be a nice thing to do and and, uh, we had a nice chat.
0: Jonathan Brown's phone call, when Brownie won his only Coleman, he
3: tracked you down, didn't he? He did. He would have had to go to quite a bit of effort because I wasn't that easy, I guess I didn't have. Numbers readily available, not the same surname. What is your married name? Yeah. 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 So I was very impressed, and he he was just wanted me to know how honoured he felt to
0: win this medal. Did you Did you know it was him, or did you have a suspicion it might have been a hoax? He
3: might have thought. I said, Oh, it isn't really, is it? And but sure enough, it was him. Yes. And so
0: he just wanted to say that uh, the pride in sort of having a common medal in his collection.
3: He was very. Um, thrilled to have won it, yeah. and um, to be honest, he's the only one that has.
0: What was it like being the daughter of the most famous name of the time?
3: It, well, as I say, I wasn't really aware of it. Obviously, um, Dad was coaching. I think I was aware of that time, mm. but earlier he was just nor- it was just normal. You know, that was our normal until. Uh, as we got a bit older and more aware, um, yes, we got plenty of kudos from the kids at school and all that sort of thing. So, I enjoyed all of that.
0: He could get angry on the football field, your father.
3: Yes, yes. Was he like?
0: What was he like at home?
3: Oh, he did have it. He would have had a bit of a temper, but then he'd go off, and then he would be it'd be done, sort of thing, forgotten, sort of thing. Mm.
0: There's a, a level of confusion about how serious his knee injury was. My understanding was it was a dislocated kneecap. Now, today, that wouldn't keep anyone out for more than 10 or 12 weeks.
3: I know, um, but I I think at the time, there was no payment for playing, and like my sister had been born, and I think, you know, I was perhaps on the way, and he was thinking, well, I need to walk. I need to be able to earn a living for Mm -hmm, my family. mm -hmm. So he sort of put that ahead. He was looking for his career. Do you Perfectly. think
0: he ever had any subsequent regrets about not continuing this amazing career?
3: I, I was, to be honest, I couldn't, wasn't aware of it. Never spoke of it, never. I, he was coaching, so I guess his involvement was still there, mm. so that was good.
0: Do, do Essendon and, and the AFL pay due respect to John's legacy, do you think?
3: Um, yes, I think so. I think the fact that the AFL now will, this Coleman Medal, I mean, that means his name will be linked to AFL, VFL forever. And then when they commission the statue, I think that's an added um, bonus because it's there for everyone to see. Fabulous place for us to all meet when mm-hmm. we're going to the football. Yeah. And, yeah.
0: You're still a keen follower?
3: Yes, I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Can you remember back, Jenny, you were only 16 when your father died. Can you remember your emotional state at the time?
3: I was totally, totally devastated because, to me, he was invincible. He was hadn't been unwell.
0: W- was it thrombosis that caused a, um, a heart attack?
3: Um, I'm not really a 100%, but it was a, just a massive heart attack.
0: Sad, isn't it? Well, well, he was unlucky. He
3: was unlucky to be where he was. I mean, if he was in Melbourne, he was relieving my uncle, who was running the Dramana Hotel Mm -hmm. at the time. We were in Essendon. And it was just so unlucky that he happened to be down there for that night. They couldn't get assistance, ambulance Mm -hmm. or anything. Whereas in Essendon, we would have, you know, within your time frame.
0: Must have been a massive story in, in the media at the time.
3: I remember, and I remember Reverend Deasy saying at his funeral, I've never seen people Crying in the street. Really? Yes, yeah, yeah. so it was yeah, yeah, a huge,
0: huge impact on the football fraternity.
3: Yes, yeah. I'd look, for years i <laughs> even when I moved around, I'd have all kinds of strange people coming up and saying, Oh, you're John Coleman's daughter. Really? You know? I'm thinking, how do they know? <laughs> I wouldn't know the next person. Yeah.
0: Did you ever tire of that?
3: Oh no, i sort, sort of like kind a badge of, of honour. Yeah, it was kind of a badge of honour, but also I'd sort of have a bit of a laugh that, you know, but it is so important. Football or Mm. um, heroes, it's so important in people's lives. Mm. So you've got to remember that. Former
0: Richmond Premiership full forward Michael Roach won the original Coleman Medal in 1981 before the AFL decided to honour all leading goal kickers back to 1955, the year after Coleman retired. What did you know of Coleman, dude? When they announced that there's a Coleman Medal and you've won it, did you know anything about him? Uh, I'd read a bit about him being, being from Tassie, you know, reading the, the paper.
4: Um, people talking about Coleman, you know, obviously Hudson and people like that were more famous to me because they're Tasmanians, but, you know, the John Coleman medal. Read about him after, after it was announced that he was a champion, you know.
0: Give us a look at it, will you?
4: Yeah, I actually uh, I have got the first one, so that's... That's the first. That's the 1981. 81. 81. Yep. And then the AFL bought out a retrospective, and then they changed
0: it to that. So that's the 1980. Do you know much about him? Do you know that he kicked 100 goals in his first year? He was 20. I I I do
4: because of what I've read, but I also know that in his first game. He kicked either 10 or 12 kicked in his 12, first game. 12, yeah, yeah. In his first game, so I'm sure people would
0: have heard about him pretty quickly. And six in the grand final. Oh, wow. In his first year. First year, yeah. Pretty good, eh? Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it and is. And I think, do you remember at the time when they struck the medal, the AFL, was there much fear about it then or not? Were you aware of it? No,
4: no. I, I mean, I was probably concentrating, you know, um, obviously trying to, to play good footy and... I didn't know that they were going to name the medal
0: after Coleman, but it was it was lovely to receive it. So where do you think it ranks? I mean, it clearly doesn't have the glamour of the Brownlow. That no. stands alone. But I think it's growing in stature each year, don't you? Oh,
4: look, it's it's
0: an honour to have your name, you
4: know, as a leading goal kicker of the AFL. There's mm. no doubt that's, that's a real honour. You look back on it now and go, wow, you know, back at that that stage you were just happy to... Kick a few goals and mm. hopefully a side won a grand final, which we were lucky enough yeah. to do in 1980. So I sort of rank the, you know, the the grand final more so than this. But you look back, you know, I've got got two of these yeah. and they can't take them
0: off me. No. Five and a half goals a game here, he's in 98 games. Yep, yeah, that's it's hard amazing. to comprehend, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It is, and and just imagine if if they had
4: the the surgeries that they can have now, where people are, you know, coming back in. You know, three or four months now mm. from the knee, and he never basically played again. Um, Gone at 25, just go. 25. Yeah. You know, imagine if he was able to go to 30 or yeah. 31, he'd, you know, he'd be probably talking, you know, Tony Lockett, Lockett yeah.
0: status. You know, he'd won a few commons, wouldn't he?
4: <laughs> <laughs> he would. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's amazing, uh, amazing thing to, to have a Coleman medal. Mm.
0: Noel McMahon was captain of two Melbourne Premiership teams in the 1950s and played on Coleman early that decade. You played on the great man. How did you go?
5: Who's the great man?
0: (laughs) The great man is John Coleman.
5: (laughs) Yes, I did play on him.
0: How'd you go? All right. What's that mean? Translate that into terms of goals. Well, he kicked two. Yeah, what happened after quarter time?
5: <laughs> Cheeky mug. <muck.
0: laughs> you were mates with Coleman, weren't you?
5: Yeah, we went out to dinner that night, actually. Did you? Yeah. He and his wife and my wife. Yeah. yeah. We we got very well
0: together. Nor Smith was your coach. Mm. Were there any instructions when you were playing on someone as good as Coleman as to try to negate him?
5: No, 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 no. Smithy wasn't built that way. Uh, he didn't... He uh, didn't really encourage physical contact much.
0: You liked it, though.
5: Well, I had to because I didn't have enough skill.
0: <laughs> Did you whack him? Tried to. But you were genuinely mates, weren't you?
5: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. Uh, on the field, that doesn't matter. I was friends with lots of people, but didn't alter the way you played. Mm-hmm. You just had to play to win.
0: How, how, how big was he, metaphorically, at the time? Oh, the best player ever. Was he? Yeah, yeah, still is. Yeah. Yeah. That's not a romantic view. No, that's no,
5: that's not... no, factual.
0: Yeah. Why? What made him so
5: good? He used to jump for the ball straight up, never climbed on the back, mm. and one bite. Yeah. You just couldn't counter it.
0: So what? When you were playing on him and the ball's coming in, did you did you want body contact or did? Well, you... I
5: tried to get in front and go back on him. Yeah. But he didn't climb, you see. Mm. He just still went straight up. Mm. Mm. If he had been a bloke to put his leg up, you could take them out of the game by walking back on them. Yep. Push them behind where they want to be. But he was just a straight jumper.
0: So what about when someone roughed him up? Inevitably, someone would've.
5: Oh, well, no, he had a temper. Yeah. Yeah, he'd hit back. Would he? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: It's 65 years since Coleman played his last game. Jeez. <laughs> Have you seen anyone since that reminds you of him? No. That gets close to him? No. What about my favourite? What about Wayne Carey?
5: Well, he's uh, the nearest, but he's not close.
0: He's not close to Coleman? no. Wow. Ian Bluey Shelton inherited Essendon's number 10 Guernsey four years after Coleman retired and later played under his coaching. He was a boy from the bush off a farm at Avenal where he was coached by Leon Baker's father Butch. Bluey, they gave you Coley's famous number 10 Guernsey when you
6: started at Essendon. Were you surprised? I was amazed, to be quite honest, because having been a country kid that had never seen anything of league football, I was just amazed that to be mixing mixing with these sort of people and uh, to get the famous man's jumper uh, it was a hell of a surprise. Made me take a bigger step. What did you know about Coleman? I mean, he was,
0: uh, uh, as I understand it, he was sort of everyone's hero of the day. This sort of outstanding goalkeeping full forward. What did you know about him? Being a country boy,
6: all I knew about him was I used to love to get the Argus paper on a Saturday, uh, on a Monday rather, and. Uh, See what sort of a mark he'd taken this week. You were fiery, and he was fiery, wasn't he? Mm. How would you like to have played on him? Oh, not so much played on him because he'd have jumped all over top of you. But um, but you whacked blokes. No, I didn't whack him. He <laughs> whacked more blokes than me. He got rubbed out for whacking blokes. But... He was he was uh, prone to letting letting his arms go, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah, well, he always he, he always felt he got a bit of a raw deal from umpires, and he had a hatred of umpires, which was. Uh, quite evident to us when we were playing, you know, because he used to give us a bit of a rundown on umpires. What sort of coach was he? Well, I particularly was in awe of Coleman because I hadn't seen him play. Like a lot of the blokes I played football with, they were Eastern District boys and mm-hmm. they'd seen him play on a regular basis, and they sort of took him for granted a bit more than I did. But it was very noticeable to me that what he what he required. He required a lot more aggression from the side because we were being called gliders by the media and it didn't sit very well. He wanted us to look out for blokes from the opposition that had left their manners in their their kit bag. (laughs) Were you the enforcer? It was part of the game that you had to intimidate the opposition a little bit and it wasn't always what you did, it was what they thought you were going to do in Mm. the end. that was the way it worked out for me. Mm. What, was, he a, was he a strategist or was he sort of a rabble rouser? What was his style? No, he's a strategist. He'd, he'd get you aside just before on match day and he'd just tell you about the player you were playing on and he'd say, I want you to have, make sure they don't have an influence on this game. Mm-hmm. And he said, how you do it is up to you. Really? Mm. So he didn't care? No, no. Uh, I love that, you know, that he he didn't specifically tell me what I had to do or what I didn't have to do. But you understood. I I knew what he meant.
0: <laughs> we picture him as this magnificent athlete who sat on packs and took
6: these screens, but he was pretty fiery, wasn't he? Well, where we would see that if we put in a, a bad quarter or a bad game that had come out in his in his speech, you know, and he you could feel his um you know, his anger rising in him a bit mm. and he hated anyone that didn't, um, you know, have a proper go.
0: He finished at 25, which was must have been a tragedy for football fans at that time. You finished at 25 too. It's, theoretically, it's halfway through your career, isn't it? Mm.
6: It's just when you're starting to get to know a bit about it, Yeah. which was a bit sad, but it's the way it was. And, cause I missed all of the 64 season after the the accident to my eye and... Yep. Um, what happened? Well, I had a tractor in at Jeff Baker's garage, who was my first footy coach when I started to play footy at Avonall, And um, Jeff was hammering at something and I was just standing there watching and bang, a bit of steel came out Did and you? just pierced the middle of my right eye. So you, you're
0: totally blind in that eye? Yep. Yeah. But you, you came back and played more football?
6: Yeah, yeah. I, I, they, the doctors told me not to play because, you know, if anything happens to the other one, you're gone. And um, that didn't go for very long before I said, no, bugger I'm going to have a go. I'm going to play still.
0: Take me back to the first time that you saw the famous John Coleman walk into the rooms when you were an Essendon player.
6: Well, all I remember is that whenever I saw Coleman, it was like the light on the hill to me. It was like, well, JC, which he was JC. Um, you know, I, I was just in awe of the man. I, every every time he walked into the room, it sort of I mm. felt a bit of a buzz, you know. Mm. And you so, and
0: having number ten on your back, you took that as the honour that it, that it was.
6: Yeah, well, it was something to uh, be very proud of that you you were thought good enough to have mm. his number on your back, and. Uh, I don't know if it makes any difference in the uh, in the run, but it's the way it is. The great John Coleman died at forty-four. Do you remember
0: where you were at the time and what impact it had on you?
6: Well, you know, we, we just thought the world of him. We you just couldn't you couldn't dismiss the fact that something might go wrong there because you know we knew a little, very little about thrombosis, mm-hmm. but in the end, that was more or less the catalyst for him. Uh, leaving at an early age, and I'd love him to still be about now, and uh, he was a, you know, he was just a legend to me in every way possible.
0: Is he, Do you think he's the biggest name in Essendon history? I do, yes. Yeah. Coleman injured a knee in the game against North Melbourne in 1954. It was the sixth round of the year. He had kicked 42 goals to that point. He was 25, he never played again. I once had a conversation with a leading Melbourne orthopedic surgeon of Coleman's time, and he left me in no doubt Coleman could have played on. McMahon confirmed the theory. Uh, no, he was finished at 25, yeah, which just is a staggering. Ridiculous. I heard this story that the knee injury wasn't as serious.
5: Well, we we wouldn't know, because he never had it operated on to find out. He just didn't want to go through that. He didn't want to? He didn't want to, I, I called him a squib actually.
0: He would have loved that.
5: <laughs> For not having it done. Yeah. Because I said, yeah, still had so much left. Why didn't you? And he just didn't want it. So you talked to him about oh, that? Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Criticised him. Yeah. Mm. He's never played a hundred games, did you know no, that? No, no, that's so what I criticised him about.
0: Yeah.
5: At least I gave the other blokes a chance. Yeah. <laughs> Few people in football
0: are as mindful of the game's history as Kevin Sheedy. He grew up wearing an Essendon jumper, carrying the famous number 10, the number he wore throughout his career at Richmond. Kevin, you were a mad bomber fan when you were a kid. Yeah. What are your memories of Coleman? I know you didn't see him play, but yeah. what, what was your awareness of this man? And He
7: was probably just one of those freaky sort of footballers and sports people that come into a country or somewhere in a nation and he just grabbed everybody's imagination. And um, he definitely grabbed the Sheedy family, So I can tell you that right now. You're a great student of history. Mm-hmm. Uh, reasonable. Well, you are, I mean, you love that.
0: And I'm, you, you'd be aware of Coleman's average of 5.3 goals a game. Absolutely, It's Staggering. And, and, and it's
7: sensational, yeah. yeah. And uh, I don't think there's anyone else in the AFL that's um, a legend that never played 100, goal, 100 games, mm.
0: yeah. you know. You were number 10. Yes. Did that have any relevance to Coleman or not or was that coincidental? Well,
7: it was always there in your head because you saw it in the newspaper because his photo would take a mark standing on people was incredibly like front page all the time. Mm. And, and we had the Sporting Globe in those days and that was a special paper because it was really a sporting sort of newspaper. That, um, but the Herald would always show Coleman standing on someone. His coaching was the part that I was mm. interested in and intrigued him because, you know, he very quickly won two premierships, even though he, you know, had his career cut short at, say, 25, um, for him to come back and, and very quickly start coaching and getting in the bobbins in a premiership. So I saw that side of it, you know, the changeover in the period where he become... Um, uh, and, and for a person who's not a, a huge person, you know, really, in in the stature, uh, he was a very, very ferocious sort of person, mm. you know, and I didn't see that side of it until later, you know. You came here in the early
0: 80s. Did you go in search of sort of information about Coleman from people who, who played
7: with him and saw him? My job was to go and find out how can I get Coleman into an area where I was going to be partying, as a coach in this club, if I'm gonna stay any longer than one or two or three years, which is when you normally get sacked after three years. <laughs> but I did want to do the job full-time. And that gave me the time to look at the history and the and the uh, the sort of iconic people that are around this club because uh, they love it, the bomber fans love it, the, the boards love it, and and it's a part of why Essen is a great club. Do you think he, do you think he's the biggest name in Essen history? Common like Dick Reynolds played 320 games and Coleman played 99. Yeah. So for what he'd been able to do, he'd been voted the second best player, but he could easily have been voted the first best player. Mm. But um, I mean, Dick Reynolds won every premiership as a playing coach, where Coleman won every premiership as a coach, um, as non-playing obviously. So I, I wouldn't like to make that judgment, but I think he's, um, you could argue that all the way all the way down the line, you know. Tell me what you know about his first season as a player at Essendon. Well, he just started away, he just got in a double figure goal straight away, didn't he? 12 in his yeah, first game. Yeah, that's incredible, you know, when you think about that, you know, for a start off. He won a best and fairest
0: in his first year. Which is very and he, rarely... And he won a premiership four, in his first year.
7: Four forwards don't always get the
0: best and first. He won four Coleman's though, Coleman. <laughs> 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 the Coleman name has been immortalised, and rightly so. He is a true legend of the game. This has been a Fox Sports production.